0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tee to Green podcast. Kevin Sylvester, along with Brian Kozio, Jeff Minas is on assignment, uh, part of our Tee to Green radio crew. Um, but we have a lot to talk about here as there is one event left in the PGA Tour season. That is the Tour Championship after the BMW Championship concluded on Monday. We are recording this podcast on a Monday evening following the news of Tony Finau. He named the final player to the Ryder Cup, which is coming up in a couple of weeks in France. He was named to the USA team by Captain Jim Furick Thomas Bjorn named all his selections last week for Team Europe, and we'll talk about that in a second. But Brian, uh, Tony Finau, surprise to you?
1: I don't think so. I think it's probably the one that we thought was coming. I think You could argue for a few others that may have kind of come into play over the course of the last couple of tournaments, but I think this was kind of the guy that was on my radar, I think, in our conversations. He was on your radar, and he fits the mold that I think is going to fit well for a guy that's playing in our first Ryder Cup. The USA team, unlike maybe some previous teams – is pretty experienced, actually, even though I think they're somewhat younger. You take Tiger and Phil out of it. They are a young people. But they do have experience now. They played well in the last Ryder Cup. So taking on a rookie here, I think, is a way to kind of get another guy into the mold. And he fits exactly what Team USA has been trying to do, which is find guys that you know are going to play well and partner well with each other. And Finau is very well liked on the tour. He obviously, I feel like... In some sense, has some sort of high risk reward style of game, which can work in match play, and he's been excellent in the playoffs. The groups that we've been talking about on our T-D Green radio show for weeks now: Dak Johnson, Kevin Kisner, Matt Kuchar, you know Deshambo, uh, Finau. DeShambeau stepped up and you know handcuffed his position by winning twice in the playoffs, and Finau is clearly the next best out of this group. In fact, out of all those other guys that we thought maybe could be in that mix, none of them really stepped up and played great. In fact, maybe the next guy to even consider could have been a guy like Keegan Bradley or Billy Horshoe, who's had good playoffs. But Finau's season was way better than Bradley or Horschel. So I thought this was a no-brainer. And, you know, with the other three that Furek picked, this might have been one of the easiest jobs of a captain in terms of having no real issues, no real controversy. It kind of fell right in his lap, I think.
0: Well, I, you know what I think fell into his lap. Um, so, well, let me first say this: I, I, Tiger and Phil were were there midway through the season. Like those two were going to be there, not even as vice captains, but I, I felt they were going to be picked as players. It's me Phil's last uh, playing opportunity, in my opinion. Forty-eight. I mean, I, I, it would be remarkable for him to play at fifty. I think. Even playing this time was an accomplishment, quite the accomplishment for Phil Mickelson. Uh, for Tiger to come back too, just incredible, right? So, uh, putting those two together, uh, you know, excuse me, putting them on the team made sense. Bryson DeChambeau made it easy for fear. Frankly, took a decision away from him. I thought because I, I, I thought even though Bryson was nine, I, I thought perhaps he was on the bubble, just because of, uh, you know a swoon that he had, but boy, he came on. I mean, he, he won two in a row. Just when he won uh, put him on the team. So uh, that you know, it was an easy call for him too. So then it came down to one, Bri, and Finau, uh was the leader there. But I really felt if Kucher or Johnson, um, and I, uh, kooch I thought had the better opportunity in Boston, the Dell, the, I, I still thought there was an outside chance for one of those veterans to do it. You know, there there is the argument and and kind of pressure. Hey, let's get some rookies in here because you've got to start turning over the the Ryder Cup roster, if you will. And they needed to do that. But Finau played himself, uh, played well. You know, played great at the uh, Northern Trust, played very well at the Dell, playing well at the BMW. And when you look at his stats for the season, you mentioned you know three of the three of the four majors, top ten. Right, Three of the four, and it came down between him and Xander Schauffele, who had an opportunity to win the BMW Championship. He had a great uh, Open Championship, had a great Players' Championship, but here's the key stat when it came down to it. You can look at the entire season. We're talking about the Ryder Cup here, Brian. Birdies. It's about making birdies. Tony Finau, 11th in birdie average xander schauffele 76 that's all i need to look at when it comes to match play in the Ryder cup and that's why tony finau's on the roster in my opinion
1: it's a great it's exactly the type of game that you need to win in match plays and if he's able to do that and you know then jim furek's gonna look good for making that pick but he earned it. I agree. I think how sharply kind of came on here in the BMW this last week kind of put him in the picture. But I think Finau is the right pick. I like the makeup of the USA team. You know, when you when you look at what the Europeans did with their selections, I mean, they went about as conservative as you could have went. They did not go for. The guys that maybe were either playing hot or that had the deserving seasons, because there were some other guys that you can went there. They went more for the veteran experience, and they went for guys that had previous past Ryder Cup records. And it'll be interesting because the U.S. kind of went the other way. They went with guys that are playing hot. I mean, at least two of the four. I mean, the Tiger Phil discussion you mentioned, I think, laid it out great. But Deshambo and Finau these were guys that probably coming into this season, we wouldn't have maybe thought to say, okay, these are two guys that are gonna be on the Ryder Cup team. Um, but they earned it. And I think the U.S. system now of how they pick their players, it's a different approach. And Europe kind of went old school in their approach. I mean, they went with guys that everybody knows about, and Stenson and Garcia and Poulter and, uh, and Casey and, to be honest, only maybe Ian Poulter is the only guy of the th- of the three right now that I would say in the last two months on the court has deserved it. Now, those other guys, you can argue their track record, their history, their previous performances in the Ryder Cup, but if you're talking about guys that are playing their best golf right now, I- I'll half argue for Poulter, and the other three have been struggling. So I was a little surprised that Europe didn't even squeak in maybe a younger player or a hot player. They went four guys that uh, I thought were kind of on the more conservative side, even though they are the big names.
0: Well, I'm going to disagree a little bit. Paul Casey was injured early this year. He came back, played well in Boston as he usually does, and I want to say he was playing decent at the BMW. I just want to see where I'm looking as we speak here to see where he finished, and uh, he must have faded in that final round because he, w- he was playing well uh, there for a bit. But uh, I... I, I also think um the uh well he didn't even play the final round. So there you go. He withdrew. So who he, who knows, maybe he will not be playing. May have been yeah. well, he may have withdrawn too because of the Monday finish and he had plans and knew he wasn't gonna make it. You know, that sometimes that sometimes happens um, you know, with it. But he went you know, a sixty nine, sixty eight, sixty nine. I mean those aren't Terrible scores, not great scores, but those weren't terrible scores uh, for Paul Casey. But he played well in Boston, which he usually does. And I also I think the veteran, uh, you know, it, the veteran picks by USA may have prompted Bjorn to go with some veteran picks for Europe, you know, and instead of putting new guys in there for pressure to win on their home soil, and, and try to win the Ryder Cup back. Um, and I mean, we're talking about Stenson; I mean, he's a major champion. Sergio's the one that you know gets the most criticism. Had a just haven't had a great year at all uh, off the course. He's had a great year, birth of his child, but <laughs> on the course, right. I mean, he's missed a cut in all four majors, Brian. That uh, well, that is not what you want to look be, at there, and, and and didn't even make the FedEx Cup playoffs.
1: Yeah, it it could be what you said. He could say, look, they're adding Woods and Mickelson. We need to have our older veteran presence. Uh, it could be a way too. Of, I mean, it, it takes less pressure. If he would have gone the other way and gone with some less experienced, younger names, and then they lose in Paris, he probably takes more heat for it because they would have said, well, look, look at Sergio's track record. Look at Stenson's track record. Look at Poulter's track record. He didn't go that way. Uh, I thought Poulter was a slam dunk. I thought Stenson was probably a slam dunk. And then the other two, especially Garcia, as you mentioned, I was kind of surprised with. The guys that I thought for Europe that I might have snuck one in and maybe had Sergio be a vice captain, be, be there for his experience, but because he's not playing well, just not play. Oles, Thormer Olison was just named player of the month on the European tour. He's been playing very well. There's a young guy that can hit it a mile. Uh, Rafa cabrera Bayo has been really good in match play, and he's also, I think, at times had some pretty good tournaments as a plate, and they didn't go with him a guy that i thought was going to be on the team coming into the season that didn't have as maybe strong of a second half of the year as Thomas Peters but if you remember Peters was money in the last Ryder Cup when he was in it so yes. there's three maybe younger less experienced guys i thought he might consider one of those three and obviously he did not
0: yeah it, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, you certainly have a argument for that no question No question about him, Um, and and maybe Paul Casey took the spot from Rafa, you know, or maybe Sergio did. You know, it's um, yeah, right. I mean, it's you can certainly look at uh, Rafa Cabrera Baeo and argue that he certainly could have grabbed a spot there, but he's not, and it's going to be a fascinating. I mean, it's the Ryder Cup, right? I mean. It's it's the best. <laughs> Looking forward to it. So much, so much for the Ryder Cup here. But before that we had the tour championship. Uh the BMW championship just wrapped up. Uh Keegan Bradley a win over Justin Rose in a playoff. A couple things uh happen with that though. Uh in the with Rose just making the playoffs, he becomes number one in the world. Brian, kind of nobody's talking about Justin Rose uh this year and all of a sudden, boom, there he is, number one in the world.
1: Had an, had a really good year, and he hasn't won a major, so I guess that's maybe why people think he hasn't had a, you know, a stellar year. But he's won events. He's so steady. And even today, like you said, just being able to kind of grind through on a day that wasn't outstanding conditions, he didn't even really have his best, in my opinion, He ends up bogeying 18 to back his way into the playoff with Bradley and then bogeys the first playoff hole to give Bradley the win. But, I mean, nevertheless, to be number one in the world, he's only the 23rd player ever to be number one since they've started doing the system. So it's pretty impressive. We all know, of course, about, you know, his track record in big events like the Ryder Cup. He's won the Olympic gold, the first to do it there, so uh, I think. He's an outstanding player. When you look at Europe's team, he's definitely right at the top of the list in terms of guys that can performance. But he's had a great year. And now he goes in with a chance to uh, you know, give himself an opportunity to maybe win that $10 million prize. He's been excellent. So uh, Keegan Bradley, good for him. I think he's a guy to root for. He's struggled. He had the long putter issues, and he had to take that away. He's been going back and forth. But I was listening to his father, actually, being interviewed today, and they, he said that he has worked so hard because he said he's, he feels like he's been so close, but he just has not been performing, obviously, over the last few seasons. And now he's come back with a really good second half of the year. Had he maybe started a little earlier, he could have been a consideration for a captain's pick, because we know that fiery attitude, he's had good performances there, but just maybe a little bit too late for him. But Bradley comes in sixth, just outside of that magic top five, where if you win, you get the automatic chance but i mean look at the players that have a chance to win that 10 million i mean obviously bryson you mentioned him already but you've got rose and you've got dj and you've got justin thomas and you've got fino and bradley on at six i mean some of these guys are great and you know even a shout out to tiger think about it he started back in december playing in that event in the bahamas or bermuda or whoever it was the hero challenge right that's his, yeah
0: his event yep
1: yeah, he was what? Over he was over a thousand in the world ranks, and he makes the tour championship and is twentieth in the FedEx Cup points. I mean, if you would have said at the beginning of the season, Tiger Woods is going to finish twentieth in the FedEx Cup points and make it to the tour championship, I mean, he would have signed up for that in a second. And yes, he hasn't won, but again, he was in contention again this week. His mistakes are becoming less and less in those final rounds to the point where I feel like it'll be there next year. He'll get a win at some point. But, I mean, what a turnaround. It's Tiger, and we shouldn't be surprised by anything he does because he's one of the greatest athletes ever. But I just, if you look at the sheer numbers of where he started and where he ended up, and remember the Ryder Cup points, too, are a two-year standing. I know it's more heavily weighted on this year, but still the two-year standings, he got to, what was it, 11th or 10th, or wherever he is, 10th or 11th, I think he ended up, in just one year of playing on a limited schedule, I mean, congratulations to him. I mean, for him to be able to get back and do what he's doing. And, of course, he's made a, a more exciting golf season for all of us.
0: Oh, he absolutely has. It, it's it's remarkable what he's been able to do. And, you know, to come back and be a full-time player, essentially. Uh, you know, he's been close to it uh, the second half of the year. Uh, with a push to make it, to make the Ryder Cup team, to make the Tour Championship, and you know, at his age and everything that he's been through, uh, it is remarkable what Tiger Woods has been able to do. Now, the guy who will not be competing for it is Jordan Spieth, and that's a story within itself. He finishes thirty-one, one outside of it, and it brings into a, a play a a rule that the Tour enacted about number of events to maintain status on the tour to be a member and he needed to make the tour championship in order to fulfill that obligation he did not now the way the, the one way around the rules you add a tournament that you have not played in the previous 4 years and you know that's where you know you saw more players going to the travelers championship for example when Rory uh, went there a couple years ago for the first time so you're you're going to different tournaments as a draw there well, by not making it, and he is on the player, player advisory uh, committee, by not playing uh, the required number, he could face, you know, he's going to face some sort of uh, discipline, if you will, you'd have to think anyways. I mean, he, even though he's one of the top players in the world, he's not above uh, the rules or membership. So there's probably a fine coming, Brian, or uh, some other uh, sort of punishment. I mean, there's talk about suspension. I, I don't see that happening. That that doesn't make A whole lot of sense, I think, for the PGA Tour in that. But what I can see happening is him adding perhaps two tournaments he hasn't played in in the past in the next year to kind of make up for it.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I think by the rule it said it could be a fine or a suspension, and I agree with you. I don't think they're going to suspend Jordan Speed, especially because he is on that advisory board. And I think you know he was a part of making this rule happen. But I think it is a good rule. If you get some guys that kind of get into their crutches of never going to certain tournaments or always going to certain tournaments, and it kind of opens this up a little. So um, I bet, too, that there'll be some other players that maybe do add another one or two to their schedule, too. If they say, hey, look, this just happened to Jordan Speeth, and maybe I'm not even at the caliber of Jordan Speeth's level, you might see some other of these guys that, you know, maybe they're not top five in the world players, but that second and third tier player start to add some more events because of this. So yeah, I'm sure there'll be some sort of fine coming. It's amazing. I was looking, uh, some of his stats, since he started playing competitive golf as a junior, he has won a tournament every golf season going back to whenever he was a young teenager playing junior golf. Then of course college golf at Texas. And then as a professional, it's the first year he has not won a tournament. So, for him, clearly, he would label this his he said maybe the most disappointing one of his golfing career, which is weird to say. I mean, look at, he was tied for the lead at the British Open with a chance to win, going to the back nine, and it ended up slipping away from him but yeah, thirty first I would never you never would have thought about that because feet seemed like the model of consistency model of even when he's not playing his best, like that he'll figure it out, and he didn't he just did not come through this week when he needed to and He's on the outside now. He won't be playing in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, which, um, you know, hey, you can't have an on year every single year. Uh, and it's been, I, I could probably, you know, a very frustrating season for Jordan Spieth. And surprising to me was how he faltered in some final rounds, uh, you know, in particular at the Open Championship, right? I mean, he just figured, okay, you know, he's going to. He's in the final pairing here. Look out! You know, he, the, the the guy's a killer. He we, he's a winner, and yep. just wasn't able to make it happen.
1: That's what he does. He he is a guy that finishes. And you know, I always thought too. I'm like, oh, well, after he had that Masters collapse that one year, and Will snuck in and won it? Like he's going to know how to handle these final rounds even better than than I already thought he did do a good job of it to start with. And you're right. I mean, to not finish that open championship, I was, I was surprised he's had some other opportunities and he's kind of faded toward the end. And I mean, we've debated it all year on our show, but a lot of it comes down to the fact that he still, when he was, when he was the best or when he has been the best here recently over the last few seasons, he's the best putter on tour and he's been anything, but anywhere near that as of late. And I think, you know, there's a variety of reasons why he won't be playing in the Tour Championship, but I think if you, you get him to a- answer honestly, he would say the number one reason is that he's not putting anywhere near like he should be.
0: All right, Brian. i got to um, end this with what almost happened to me on Saturday.
1: Uh-oh. There's almost – you and I are still in our quest. Do you almost get it? Is this where you're going? Oh,
0: yes. It, yes. Still <laughs> – you know, we, we had the Harvest Tournament at Fox Valley, and it's the first time I played in it. And it's a member, member, or member guest, and I uh, brought a guest. And the first day was two-man scramble, fun. You know, it was, uh, uh, well, we, we, missed, we missed four putts inside of 10 feet for birdie. Two cracks at it. Just couldn't make it happen. But we were still in it. But day two was best ball. And, uh, we were at the first nine and we we're also playing matches at a Ryder cup thing, USA Ryder cup, and we won the match, but, uh, we lost the war, if you will. <laughs> we knew we, we knew we <laughs> played our way out of it. So to the back nine, um, you know, each day they had two holes that were closest to the pin and it was, uh, you know, they're worth some decent amount in the pro shop. And so, well, the only thing we got left to play for is close to the pin on 14 and, when I got to the tee box, it was coming off of actually a terrible triple bogey. <laughs> it was just an awful triple bogey. Uh, is there a good triple bogey? No, there's not. <laughs> and I was debating with the wind. I'm like, wow, do I hit? as 148 was a flagstick. But, you know, it's 14. You know you know the course. It's it's uphill. There's some wind uh, back up by the green there. Sometimes difficult to tell if it's coming off the right, if it's coming at you. Or if you're it's helping because you're surrounded by trees, you're kind of insulated there. And I had seven because the previous day I hit an eight and right to the ridge and it just sucked back down to the front of the green. Just I needed a couple more yards of carry for it to stay up on that shelf to a back left hole location. And I thought seven would be way too much. I had seven in my hand because I couldn't figure out the wind. And I said, yeah, I think eight will be all right. I think eight's going to be all right. So I went right at it and this thing was pure online looking good the entire way i even said and quietly i just said go in <laughs> that's how that's how good it looked and it almost did almost did a foot to the left whole high left a foot Matter of fact, when we got up there, the guys in the 12 tee box said, how did that not go in? It was tracking right at it. I'm like, I said, oh, it looked good back from that, back there at the tee. They said, no, I look really good from up here. I won closest to the pin, but uh, which was a great consolation prize. But, man, man, that was so darn close. <laughs> Still skunked. We'll get it. We'll get it. Yes. We're going to get it someday. So one, at some point, one of us will get a hole-in-one. I guess maybe the, the consolation, uh, the, one of the members I was playing with who, uh a little older than I am and just you know, said, I don't have one either. And he's like, I probably played thousands of rounds of golf and I don't have one. And he's a pretty good player. So I guess uh, yeah. that that's comforting to know that there are really good players out there that have yet to get that ace. But then I'm bothered that's by right, you. Right. Know, you know some bad golfers who have one. I know one who's terrible. He has two. I, I, how's it possible?
1: Yeah, just a lot of it is the bounce and the roll and luck. Know, sometimes you just don't get it. Like you know, you hit a shot good enough to hit it, like you did there. It just it'll come. I, I feel like especially the volume of rounds now, Kevin, that you play. You're going to get it.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, yeah. hopefully the weather cooperates so I can play some more. All right. So I hope you enjoyed our That's conversation right. on the ride Yes. Well, uh, yes. Before yes. we
1: go, Kev, let's just say this. As we record this on this Monday night, we should, of course, uh, say that, you know, why do we love golf? Why is golf so big? Why do we have radio podcasts? Well, the king has a big deal with that. Today, he would have turned 89 years old. So I'd say happy birthday to Arnold Palmer.
0: Yeah. Did you ever meet him?
1: I did not. I always envy your story that you, when you met him at Briarwood.
0: We'll save that for another time. Share, That's right. share That's that right. again on this podcast some other time. All right, Brian, thanks so much. Uh, Brian Koziel, hope you enjoyed a Ryder Cup talk, the Tour Championship PGA Tour talk, and uh, <laughs> me whining, I didn't get a hole in one. <laughs> for Brian Koziel, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to the Tee to Green podcast.